This is the EPFR Exchange Podcast. All opinions expressed by Cam, Kirsten, or our podcast guests are solely of their own opinion and do not reflect the opinion of EPFR, part of a private equity Montague's portfolio of standalone companies. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. Today, I'm joined by EPFR's Director of Research, Cameron Brandt. We'll walk you through what EPFR noticed in the data we track for the past week, as well as what we'll look for in the rest of the year um, as we kind of wind down. So the last time we spoke, many mixed interpretations were coming out of the data. Some were reading it as good, some bad. Um, And although U.S. interest rates were higher than anticipated in September, signs are showing that the pace of hikes will be slowing potentially this month. So do you think investors are taking on a more optimistic view on inflationary trends in in both the U.S. and, and Europe? (laughs) <laughs> uh, if you're an optimist, you are. If you're a pessimist, you're not. The uh, material to hang that decision on continues to to uh, be open to widely differing interpretations. Obviously, in the past week, probably the biggest uh, focal point for that particular debate was uh, Fed Chair Powell's speech to the Brookings Institute. Um, The optimist focused on the fact he said that uh, he thought the pace of hikes could moderate starting in December. Uh, The pessimist noticed that he said um, it it appears there's a good chance that the Fed may have to uh, take peak interest rates in this cycle higher than the market expects because of uh, the rather stubborn characteristics of the inflation uh, that he and his fellow uh, Fed members have been seeing. Hmm. And did that translate directly into the data that we track or is that kind of to come? I think you can certainly pick it out of the latest week's flows. Um you know, obviously, the optimist fueled something of a rally, especially in U.S. equity markets. Uh, what we saw was uh, investors who sort of use mutual funds as their preferred vehicle uh, use that as an opportunity to to sort of cash out. So they uh, they sold into that rally rather than riding it. Um, you know, and some other signs of a you know of uh, Coming down on the defensive side of, of things were certainly evident. Um, flows to utility sector funds came in 49-week high. Uh, gold funds posted <coughs> consecutive weekly inflows for the first time in several months. Um, and, uh, you know, overall, most uh, of the riskier asset classes or so outflows that would include high yield bond funds, uh, emerging markets, local currency funds, European equity funds. Let's talk about um, gold for a little bit. So, like you mentioned, after 20 long weeks and $15 billion in outflows later, um, they snapped their outflow streak and the group, which is associated with being a hedge against inflation, has now seen two straight weeks of inflows. Silver funds are still suffering outflows in the latest week. Does this give us an indication of anything? You know, it's certainly a hint that investors are, are sort of 
uh, reconsidering some long-held positions. But, um, you know, gold is actually – gold funds have been somewhat unique um, uh, among many of our groups in, in having, you know, a very consistent story to tell, even though that story was, was a long period of outflows. Um with most of our fund groups recently, the, the the more usual pattern is sort of an ebb and flow uh, because of this general uncertainty. So, um, you know, I'd hesitate to read too much uh, into those flows other than, you know, people are trying to gauge when things will change. Um, you know, as I said, I think this week's flows indicated um, a somewhat more conservative sense of when that might actually happen, whereas a couple of weeks back we got um, a real rush of blood to the head, I think, uh, among some investors and, you know, very robust flows as a result. Yeah. Well, this was uh, 2022 was supposed to be the year of growth and change. So, um I guess the countdown has started until 2023 with just um, a month left. And as you may recall, in the beginning of the year, we talked about 2022 being the year of the tiger, which was associated with growth and change. Um, during that that episode, we highlighted the new coronavirus uh, variant, political consequences and geopolitical tensions, um, rising inflation and interest rate hike decisions by central bankers. So most of those concepts remain as we go into 2023, which is predicted to be the year of hope. Um, what do you think investors are hoping for as we go into the new year? The main thing they're hoping for, um, well, two things, obviously, is that uh, the uh, events in Ukraine come to a resolution, uh, which should take some pressure off uh uh, energy prices, especially in Europe, um, and they're hoping for lower interest rates um, so that uh, uh, things can get back <laughs> to uh, a little more the way they were um, before the coronavirus and uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine reshaped <laughs> the investment landscape. So, um, you know, a lot of the things that we talked about uh, early this year are, as you said, still with us. Um, uh, I'm getting a little nervous uh, about um, the relative lack of interest in where the coronavirus might go next outside of China. Um, you know, it has tremendous powers of mutation. Um, and... Um, you know, seems to seems to thrive on complacency. Um, you know, and I'm certainly noticing that um, a lot of people really have pigeonholed it as manageable. So, uh, you know, if there's a little black swan wandering around there, it might be a, a new variant that uh, upsets some of the uh, normality that uh, we've enjoyed in recent months. Yeah, all good points, um, and and I agree. I think that's definitely where investors are looking for for hope um, and change. So um, we spoke a little bit about emerging markets, but um, this week the solid flows for China equity kept the group afloat again, um, as well as gem and frontier markets. 
can you talk a little bit about the problems that China faces right now and how that could influence investors' decisions? I think probably everyone listening to us knows <laughs> at least the broad outlines of the challenges facing China. I think the real story here is that um, uh, a significant number of investors uh, and indeed gem fund managers, if you look at their relative overweight of China compared to ETFs, um, believe that uh, despite the rhetoric, we're going to see a relaxation of the uh, strict COVID lockdowns, which will set China up for you know a major rebound. Um, so they've continued... Uh, to position themselves for that rebound. Um, and that's been the dominant story within the emerging market space. We did see, and, and it's interestingly, China is again kind of a hinge here, but in a slightly different direction, um, flows past couple of weeks uh, have outside of China, heavily favored the countries that are most frequently talked about when uh, the discussion turns to the relocation of supply chains that are currently anchored in China. Um, that would be Vietnam, the Philippines, and Mexico. Um, and uh, fund groups dedicated to all three have been seeing you know, some, some significant uh, inflows uh, in recent weeks. Um, so that, uh, you know, that is another uh, sort of theme within the emerging markets uh, universe. And as you mentioned, frontier markets um, have been getting some positive interest recently. Um, you know, they remain <laughs> complex and a complex asset class. Um, but uh, I think people are again searching for pockets of value, um, and they certainly took a bit of a beating earlier this year. So uh, I think uh, you know a few braver souls see opportunity there. Right, right. All right. Well, thank you, Cam, uh, for all your insight this week, and look forward to catching up next week. We will indeed. <laughs> Right. Bye. Thanks for listening to the EPFR Exchange Podcast. For more information or to suggest a topic for a future podcast, please visit epfr.buzzsprout.com or email us directly at epfrexchangepodcast at informa.com. 